I continue my message on a series on the topic, don't be left behind. Turn to the one next to you and say, don't be left behind. Hallelujah. And say to yourself, I won't be left behind. Come what may. Hallelujah. And today my mission here is not to talk about our problems and our challenges and our sufferings. My mission here is not to say to somebody that I see that next month by this time, your problems will come to an end. Maybe that will be for another time if the Lord should say so. Hallelujah. But I've got two messages for you today. Hallelujah. And that is my mission here. The message number one. Jesus said he knows your troubles. Hallelujah. And that if you should go through the deep waters, he is with you. And if you should go through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. Hallelujah. Come with me to the book of Revelation chapter 2. Let's read it. And our dear sister Rita will be reading Isaiah 43, 1, to two, one and 2 for us. So, I, uh, Revelation, if we can have it on the board. Revelation, we'll be reading scriptures, quite a number of scriptures today, so they, I think they are all very important. Amen. So, we are reading from 8 to 11. Mm -hmm. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna, I write, this thing says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your works. Je that is Jesus speaking. He said, I know your works, your labor. Every effort that you are putting in, in the work of God, whatever you are doing for his name's sake, he said he knows. Hallelujah. Your tribulation and poverty, in bracket, yet you are rich. And I will come to that, why it is. And poverty, but you are rich. That is where the second message is. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews, but are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Now, sometimes the most painful situation you face is when you found yourself among false brethren. Praise God. People who smile with you, laugh with you, but behind you. You see, it is best. Uh, 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 someone said that uh, the most dangerous enemy could be the person who is closest to you. Because he knows everything about you. Praise God. So, Jesus is writing to the church. He said to the churches anyway. So, it's for us as well. He says, I know those who say they are Christians. They are this. But they are a synagogue. They are agents of the enemy. Continue. Do not fear any of those things which, are, which you are about to suffer. 
Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. I don't think this is a message that many would like to hear. Praise God. Now, Jesus has got all the ability to stop the enemy from throwing these people into prison. Praise God. They believe in him. He said, I know your works. I know your poverty. I know everything that you are doing. And I know what the enemy intends to do in the near future. But he's not promising them anything. He said, be faithful unto what? Death. So Jesus is saying that what? He knows your way. So you see, sometimes when someone is going through a prolonged challenge, be careful what you say about that person. Praise God. Otherwise, you become like the friends of Job. Amen. Now, can we have Isaiah chapter 43, 1 and 2 from our dear Dickness? Amen. Amen. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. But now, thus saith the Lord. God that, speaking to you. That created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Hallelujah. Amen. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you hear that? Praise God. It's Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. God said, fear not. He has created you. Your life is in his palms. And he said, when you go through the waters, they will not what? Overshadow you. It will not overflow you. It will not overwhelm you. Hallelujah. Why? Because he is with you. He will be with you. When you, you can read further down and see what it says, praise God. But that is the first message today. God said, be faithful to the very end. Your challenge might be completely different from the one next to you. You could be identical twins, but God may have two different causes for you, praise God. Because his calling for you might be different from the one next to you. Praise the name of the living God. And the second message is that You don't have, or we don't, you don't have what it takes to sit back to be a victim of circumstances. I take it again. You don't have what it takes to sit back to be a victim of circumstances. You know what? When, bring back the, it's a teaching, so we'll be going through comparing scripture with scripture. So bring back the first scripture we read in Revelation chapter 2, 8. And then the town there, it says, uh -huh, go down a bit. It says, I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are what? Rich. You see, sometimes we measure wealth by what someone has acquired. But in real sense, wealth is measured by 
who the person is. Because when all that you have acquired is lost, what's your wealth? Praise God. You know, when you, eh, 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 when a very wealthy man, a, a stingy wealthy man becomes poor, they are the most miserable. Praise God, because no one would like to go close to them. Amen. But he's generous. I mean, half all, even his wealth gone, people still respect him. Hallelujah. And he will not stay there. Because among the people whom he has lifted, one of them will remember him. Praise the name of the living God. So now, th there are two reasons why Jesus said to them that, I know your poverty, but you are rich. Here, Jesus is talking about two things. Why? Because they've got him. Christ Jesus. Who is the source of everything. Praise God. And not only that, because they are rich in purity. He was looking at the inward. You know, somebody can be rich outwardly, but inwardly wicked. Hallelujah. So he was, he, they were rich inwardly. Hallelujah. In purity in love for God, in all things that pertains to life and godliness. Praise the name of the living God. So he said, I know. Now I want us to know what we have got. You know, it's something we know, but we most often overlook it. What we have got. Hallelujah. Uh, and sometimes, you know, when I look, read some of the promises of God and I look at my attitude towards certain situations. I said, the prayer I ought to pray is what that man prayed when he came to Jesus. When he brought his servant, his son for the disciples of Jesus to heal and they could not. He, tell, he told Jesus that, Lord, I, 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 your disciples could do nothing about my son's situation. So if you can, please help me out. And Jesus said, if you can believe... All things are possible. What did he say? He said, Lord, I believe. Help me to overcome my unbelief. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because in his mind, could this man really do it? Sometimes you look at the promises and I look at my attitude and say, my goodness. Amen. So I just want, as a, as a reminder, before we move on, I just want us to see four characteristics that define the nature of God. Praise God. Thank you. I've got one here. Thank you. Bless you. God bless you. Okay. Uh, but first, let's see what we've got. Praise God. As a child of God, as a Christian. Uh, let's read Romans chapter 8. I think it's Christa's favorite scripture. I remember very well. Praise God. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. And then our deaconess will read John 14, uh, 23. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure about that. So first, let's go to Romans. It says, but if the spirit, hallelujah. You know, I want to give you an assignment. When, when you have time, try to find out the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament days. And in those days, the Bible says that what? He only comes on them for a specific period and he's taking that back. But yet the Bible says that if the spirit 
who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. How many of us believe we have the Holy Spirit in us? Hallelujah. Praise God. Do you believe that? Hey, Karabo Sitaya. He said, he who raised Christ from the dead will buy, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. In other words, he, he will activate, he will make you alive. He will quicken you. And the Holy Spirit will not quicken you to become a victim of circumstances. He will not quicken you to be a crying baby. That is against the nature of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. He quickens you to become what? A giant killer. To take every situation by the bull by the horn. Amen? Amen. And subdue it. He allows challenges to come because he knows that you are able to do what? Overcome. Hallelujah. Amen. Bless you, my dear sister. Amen. Now read the, the, the John 14 for us, please. Amen. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Please repeat the last statement again. I didn't and, hear you. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Hallelujah. Is, is that true? Hallelujah. He said, We will come unto him and make our abode. Hallelujah. That means we have the fullness of God as indwelling us. So what kind of people are we supposed to be? That's what Jesus said to the people. Say, ye are gods, but ye will die like men. That's Jesus speaking. Not because of who they are, but because of who is dwelling in them. Certain things God cannot do. How many of us believe that? Uh, I do. Thank you. Bless you. Oh, how do you come by that? Amen. That's the first on the line. Amen. Number one. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Let's, let's read a scripture from Hebrews chapter 8, verse, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. And I think, what's my phone? I want to read it from the New Living Translation. I like that translation. Okay, for time's sake, I'll just go straight. You can put it on the board, but I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He says, so God has given us both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. The King James says, or New King James says, for by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Now the New Living Translation has given us a better translation. That these two immutable things are God has given us what his oath and what his promise and it is impossible for him to lie. So whatever he says, he will do it. Praise God. That is who you've got inside you. That is who is backing you. That's why Paul said that if God be for us, who can be against us? Now, number two, God cannot go back on his promises. And cannot do anything contrary to his covenant. Now, read, let's read Genesis chapter 17. Put Genesis chapter 17 on the board. We read from verse 15 to 22. 
So first, God cannot lie. Second, he cannot go back on his promises and cannot do anything contrary to his covenant. So we read down to 20, yeah, Genesis chapter yeah, 17 to 22, yeah, from 15 to 22. Then God said to Abraham, Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Mm -hmm. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless, then I will, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. Definitely anybody at his age will laugh. Hallelujah. Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to him in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? But this laughter is considered a laughter of hope because he was not rebuked for that laughter. Hallelujah. His wife also laughed and she was rebuked. Amen. Maybe it's, maybe it's a laughter to say, at last, at 100. But anyway, it may be, there might be, but God did not rebuke him because he knows best. He knows the inside of every man. He says, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old and shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Next verse. And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. He was pleading that, look, God, I know you have planned to bless me, to make me a great nation, to make me what you want me, uh, what you want me to be. But it's like I'm too old now to begin to push buggy, if there were buggy in those days. So please, just let Ishmael be that promised child. Let's hear what God said. Then God said, no. Somebody said, no. no. Sometimes our request, the answer is no. Right. And we must le learn to know when yes. God says no. Because if it is not in his will, it is no. You can fast until you die. It is no. God's no is no. Praise God. He said, no. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. And you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant. Now take note of that word. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. Now with Isaac, he said he will establish what? A covenant. Amen. Like I said earlier that God will not turn back on his promises, nor will he do anything contrary to his covenant. So he said what? He will establish a covenant with the descendants of Isaac forever. Next verse. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall be got 12 princes, and I will make him a great nation. Now listen, here he didn't make any covenant with Ishmael. But he pronounced what? A blessings. There's a difference between promises and covenants. Hallelujah. When God decides to bless, he does it based on his name and character, regardless of what, who the person is. But a covenant is a two-way thing. 
God will fulfill his part, and you will also what? Have to fulfill your part. Now go on to, go on. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this same time next year. Last verse. Then he finished talking with Abraham and went up from Abraham. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. You see, he made a promise to Abraham concerning Ishmael. He said, I will bless him. He said, he, he, he didn't say, I will, he said, I have blessing. The blessing was declared from the days of Abraham. And it doesn't matter what the descendants of Ishmaelites do with that blessing. They are what? Blessed. Praise God. They can choose to mess up with the blessings. They still, they, their descendants are what? Blessed. That is God. Praise God. Because he has given his word. He said, I have blessed you and you cannot guess who God has blessed. Praise God. I hope you, 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 you are getting what I... You see, and even when, when you read somewhere further, when he was talking to, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Ishmael's mom, Hagar, on Ishmael. He, repeats, he repeated some of these blessings. But either to read that what he shall become a wild man and will live before all his brethren. Hallelujah. He said, so I, I want us to understand how, how committed God is to his word. When he says something, he means it. It is eternal. It is final. He will not go back on his word. He will not say the Ishmaelites, the descendants of Ishmaelites don't worship me. They are doing this with that. He has said he has blessed them. And that is it. Praise God. Now, the third thing is, God cannot be the author of confusion. That's right. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the scriptures, like, I, I, I added this because, like, we had last week, there are three views on this rapture, tribulation issue. And there is no way God could be an altar of confusion. He cannot be. The only thing, the secret is in, we'll not read it. I mean, we'll read it, but I'll just quote it for you for time's sake. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, we know. The Bible says the secret things belongs to God. But that which is revealed belongs to us and our children forever. So there are secret things that no man can unveil because it is God's own secret. Praise God. So he can never be the author of confusion. The only thing is that there are certain things. One thing about biblical prophecies is that then he will tell you what the next step is. But when you want to tell God, oh, uh, like what is, when, when he called Abraham, get out from your father's house and I will bless you. And all that Abraham needed to do was to what? Obey. Not to say, God, when is it going to happen? You see, it's like these days we live in a state where we feel that we must see to believe. With God, you must, David said, I believe to see. And God has not changed his nature. Praise God. So it's not the author of confusion. 
Now, the last but not the least is that God cannot be unjust. And that is why that, that, that makes his nature a bit scary. Praise God. We'll read two scriptures. First, let's read 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. And then our deaconess will read Isaiah 53 verse 6. Something that uh, some of our pastors and the leaders have repeatedly said here when we talk about salvation. So first Peter, yeah, he says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness, but it's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, sometimes when, when, when you read about eternal hellfire, the questions that people ask is, why should God send a loving God, send people to hell? The truth is here. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning what? His promises, as some count slackness. In other words, the reason why he is still holding up and not coming is because he is not willing that any should, any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When these scriptures came to me, my mind went back to, I mean, creation. And I said to myself, could it be that God created, you know, God lives in eternity, praise God, but he created man and put him in time. So I said, could it be that God knows that man will sin and will need time to repent? Because whatever happens in eternity, that's it. It cannot change. It remains. The Bible says in Job somewhere, it says, where a, a tree falls, that is where it remains, praise God. So if man had sinned in eternity, that could have been his eternal state. But he put man in time because he, maybe man will need time to do what? Repent. Now, can you read the next scripture for us, please? Praise God. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. Pause. I want to ask you a question, Dickness. He says, all we as sheep have gone what? Astray. astray. Uh, before you became a Christian, were you part of the all we? Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That means all of us here, Bible says, regardless of how holy we have been, how you've been, you know, maybe you look at your brother and like, uh, what do you call it? The rich man who said, I am not like this person. I pray twice. I pay my tithe. I fast. He says, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Continue. We have turned everyone to his own way. Mm -hmm. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. Praise God. So you see these two scriptures. The first one in the second Peter says, it's not God's will that anybody will perish. And yet it says, all of us were like sheep gone astray. In other words, we're already on our way to hell. And God has laid on Christ Jesus the iniquity of us. I want to take three minutes. We've been saying it. Jay has preached it. Pastor has preached it. I mean, Pastor 
Then as, no, God is sending nobody to her. It's a choice that we are making. So I want, give me three minutes. I want to illustrate what this meant. Because God is a just God. Praise God. And this is where it gets more scary. He is a just God. And we, like we have heard already, were on our way towards her. Now, I want four people, four people to come out for a, sh a very brief illustration. Please, four volunteers. Anybody can come out. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise God. Amen. Now, today, <laughs> praise God. Yeah, uh, today, I'm playing the, the good boy part. Praise God. Now, I... Yeah, one more, yeah. Now, I have existed from eternity. So, you know who I'm talking about. Praise God. And I created everything. Now, this is the world. These people here are angels. You are angels, praise God, Amen. the good angels in Hallelujah. heaven. Hallelujah. And Amen. working on earth. But you are on earth because I've assigned you no, work to do. Now, this ones I created in my own image. My breath that has existed is in, in eternity dwells in them. And I put them in this beautiful world. And please, can we have that communion? It's in there, yeah? Yeah. So you can even bring, I'll need that table. Yeah, I'll need that table in the center. Yeah. You can take the basket off. So, this is just an illustration of what took place. So I gave them everything. Now, let me, for demonstration sake, let me put them here. This is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I told them that. Yeah. And I told them that, look, of everything in this building, it is yours. But you see this. You don't touch it. You don't disobey me. Now, inside this place is hellfire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. Some of the demons are already bound and they are waiting there because I can't release all of them on earth you see so they are already there waiting so I created this I normally come have fellowship with them but I told them that they all represent the human race they all represent Adam praise God they represent one person and they represent the whole human race you understand what I mean yeah, so I told them that look you shouldn't touch sorry you shouldn't eat this because the very day you eat die hallelujah but well I went my way and you know I want you guys for demonstrations I didn't talk to any of them except my good friend because he'll be playing some role some different role so I want you to do what Adam it's a communion wine let me say something about this communion wine you know it is just a wine that is being produced I don't know which company produces it and it's never a symbol of the blood or the bread, uh, sorry, the body of Jesus until past, when Pastor Eric prays or the man of God who has been 
uh, what do you call it assigned to as soon as a prayer like let's say pastor eric pastor Dele, myself or any of the tickets or anybody or yourself as soon as you buy it from the shop and you pray over it straightforward it becomes what hallelujah just like what happened in the days of uh, 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 jesus christ the bread that he broke and the wine they drank where they bought it from some shop somewhere there but as soon as he broke it it became a symbol of his body praise god so if i should uh what you could go to a shop and buy and i can drink all i'm i'm just drinking normal stuff praise god i hope i hope i have made myself clear yes yeah, so but anyway in this scenario it is the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil so well i am god i play that role father thank you amen amen hallelujah so I told them, please. Oh, let me see. I told yeah, them, male and female, that please don't. And I'm gone. You, you, you can do what they did. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the living God. So this is what happened. When I came, they said they were naked. And I asked them, how do you know you are naked? I already know everything. I know they will eat it. Praise God. Now, this is what happened. Because of what they have done. Now this is the entire human race. Whether you are black, you are white, you are Muslim, you are Christian, you are Hindu, you are whoever. They are all, the Bible says, all we are, please can you read that scripture again for us? As a result of that act of disobedience, this is what happened to all of us. Mm -hmm. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Hallelujah. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. Praise God. So all I need to do now is to match. That will be the expectation of the devil. The whole man has fallen. I believe when, when, when Adam and Eve fell, Satan will say, ah, yes, yes. They, they, they have become like me. So his expectation is that I will match them all to that door. But what did I do? I will tell you. Hallelujah. I want to talk to them. Wait for your judgment. Give me some few minutes. Please, let's have some music on.
Hallelujah. Amen. So, by right or by fair judgment, they should go where the devil and those angels are. But I went there. Praise God. When I came and I realized that they, this is what they've done. I, instead of sending them there, I went there. Hallelujah. And I, when I came back, praise God. Now this is this is a symbol of my Hallelujah. So then this is yeah. Now this is my salvation. Hallelujah. Now, Bible says, as by one man sin entered the world, even so shall by one man uh, what all be made what righteous. Hallelujah. However, I created man in my own will. I cannot force man against what he doesn't want. He deserved to go to her. We were, he was on his way to her, but I came to what? Paid up. I went to her. And I've brought redemption. And this is to say that if you shall confess the Lord Jesus, if you shall confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that the Lord raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That is all. And let's see, among them, now this is their situation. You deserve to go there. The only thing that can save you and redeem you back is that you have to take this, which means you have accepted my lordship over your life. So, what, what do you think? Hallelujah. And, young man, can he have a mic? I mean, he's... Praise God. Praise, give him a mic. You see? Hallelujah. No. no. Okay. Hallelujah. Why? I don't think I need it. You don't need it? No, it's not cool. It's not cool to be in your camp. It's not cool to follow you guys. Okay. See, I've... Uh, all Please. my pastors, you've got limousines outside. I'm just here, wretched. I, come on. Now, these are some of the reasons that people give. Hallelujah. So now, this person... We all know what happens to man after some series of years. What will happen is that he will do what? After his life. Should I allow him to come here? Now nah, I want a hair. Yeah, you, you, you can be a match to him. So you please come around. Yeah. Yeah, Pastor Dele. Yeah. Yeah, because if you put small man there, he'll push, he'll bullet the man to heaven. <laughs> so now this man failed to have this. Where will he go? Please, if you can match him to that door for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think has time to oh, no. He has not repented. He rejected it. Exactly. His time is fulfilled. So, please, if you can match him down there. And he shouldn't come back here. He can only go through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. Praise the name of the living God. Can we put our hands together for the Lord Jesus? Amen. Okay, shall we? 
praise God. So, that is God's nature. And uh, there is one more. There is one extra one that I brought. That is us. Yeah, let me, let me have that one and say something about it. So, all of us here have got salvation. The Bible says that how can the people out there believe on whom they have not heard? So, we have a responsibility to do what? Go out there and tell them. God is sending nobody to her. People are going there willingly. We are all already marching towards there. But he paid the price. He went there for us. Praise the name of the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, praise, put your hands together one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Now, give me 10 minutes to just run up. Praise God. Amen. Now, last week, we looked at different viewpoints on this tribulation and rapture. But we, like we all said last time, it's not about the timing that matters, but our preparation. Praise God. Our preparation is what matters. Now, I want us to refuse scriptures more. One more argument put across by the, what do you call it? The post-tribulation rapture. Now, for those who were not here last week, we understood, please, can we have that on the board? Yeah, we understood that uh, there are three different views. All theologians believe that there will be a rapture and there will be a great tribulation. But the problem is with the timing. Some believe that it's going to happen before the great tribulation. Others believe it will happen in the course of the tribulation. And the last, last group believed that what? It will happen after. Now, can you put on the third one, the post-tribulation. This is the, the, what they said, that the rapture will occur simultaneously with the coming of Christ at the end of the seven years tribulation period. In other words, we will have to go through that period of pain and suffering that will happen during the days of the Antichrist, a school of thought I don't belong to. But uh, what do you call it? Like I said, I want to be fair enough to come up with their argument. So let's read one more scripture on their argument from the book of Revelation. Yeah, Revelation chapter um, 7. That is right just before God poured out his wrath. I'm going to be very fast just, just to give you the scriptures. Because like we know, the most important thing is our preparation. We must expect the best, but prepare for the worst. That is, if, it's, if that is the case, like I said, it could be one of the secret things that belongs to God. But let's just go to the scriptures. Our and mine be to our God. You know that song? Next verse, we are going all the way to verse number 17. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then one of the elders answered saying, who are these arid in white robes? And where did they come from? So you saw earlier that after those that were sealed, he saw multitude, that is in heaven anyway, that were clothed in white. Mm -hmm. Saying, and I said to them, say, you know. And he said, these are the ones who came, come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So this is one of the arguments of the post that the people, the multitude from all nations are those who came out of the great tribulation. But well, the pre 
rapture, tribulation, I mean, scholars believe that those are tribulation saints. But the other question is that, okay, well then where, where, is that these people minister, okay, go ahead a bit, go forward a bit. Therefore, they will be before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he shall sit on the throne and he will dwell among them. So if uh, they are the great tribulation Christians, the question is, where is the church then? Where are we? <laughs> where are the ones that have been raptured earlier? Wow, yeah. Hallelujah. Well, it's a, it's a thought-provoking chapter, actually, that's very... But you could ask also that we, uh, our, our, our point can also argue that, well, he did also mention the likes of Moses and all those Old Testament saints. You see, some, God only reveals to us what he wants us to know. But sometimes we try to add too many interpretations. Hallelujah. Amen. But it says, these are people coming out from the great tribulation. And, well, that is their last point. Now, let me quickly take the mid-tribulation. They believe, the mid-tribulation believe that we will be in the tribulation, all right, but just before the Antichrist unleash its full fury of that mark of the beast and God also bringing down all his judgment, God would have taken us. And for their scripture, I'll just give one scripture on them. There are more, but then for their scripture, let's read. Mm. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 to 10. Revelation 3. I want to run up quickly. Revelation 3. Uh, where, where is the verse 7? Okay, and to the, this uh, uh, called the faithful church, because we were very faithful to Christ. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write this thing says, He who is holy, he who is true, and he who has the key of David, who opens, and no one shuts, and shuts, and no one opens. Verse 8. I know your works. I see. See, I have said before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, yet you have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Mm -hmm. Indeed, I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, that means the hypocrites, who say they are Jews are not, but lie indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Next verse, that is where it says, because you have kept my command to, to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole earth to wow. test those who dwell on the inhabitants of the earth. So that is what the mid-tribulation, and even the pre-tribulation believe that. That because you are faithful to God, there is an hour of trial that Jesus said is coming upon the whole earth. And he's talking about the great tribulation. So he didn't say that he will deliver us from us. But he said that what? He, he said, I will keep you from. That means we will not be part. Others, other scriptures say you will, you will escape that period. So that is what they believe. Now, the last scripture on that tribulation stuff, uh, that is the school of thought I believe in, that yeah, we have to go before all this evil starts happening. We will read, there are many scriptures, so many of them, but we will read just one because there's no time. And because this series... Once in a while, we'll be...
coming back as and when. Let's read Zechariah. I want us to go to the Old Testament and see something there. Zechariah chapter 14. And we are reading up to verse 7. Zechariah 14 verse 7. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Zechariah chapter 14, from 1 to 7. Oh, okay. Go back to verse 1, 1 to 7, sorry. Yeah, so that we can get the whole story. After this, I'll give one more scripture, and that's it. It says, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst. Anytime you hear about the day of the Lord, he's talking about the second coming of the Lord, the judgment day of the Lord. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, your spoil will be divided to for I will gather all nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the woman ravished. I mean, this is a prophecy that is yet to happen. And this is actually what most theologians regard as the battle of Amagadon. And it's the final battle. Hallelujah. It says, half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. That means there will still be remnants. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. I will explain this deeper when we talk about the nation Israel. But here, the Bible is telling us that a time will come when, because when the Antichrist is revealed, Israel will reject him as God. They will still continue to serve God. And, I mean, just imagine Russia alone against Ukraine. See what is happening. And the whole world against Israel. It will only take God. To intervene. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. This is different from a battle that is in Ezekiel 38, which we'll talk about sometime to come. And then it said, Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. Mm -hmm. And in that day, his feet shall stand on Mount of Olives. Now, when you compare this, this where we start our argument, when you compare this to what uh, Paul put in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, he said we will meet Christ in what? The air. Yeah. Hallelujah. And it's, it's so amazing. When you read the book of Acts, Jesus, his final meeting with the disciples was on the Mount of Olive. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can read Acts, I think, one, chapter 1 or 2. In either chapter 1 or 2. It was there he ascended. And the angels said to them that, this same Jesus whom you see ascending will descend in the same manner. The right. Bible says that his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. But in that scripture, it says we will meet him in the air. Now, continue. Which faces Jerusalem in the east and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west. Verse 5. Making a very large valley, half of the mountain shall move towards the north and half of it towards the south. Next verse. Then you shall flee through the mountain valley, for the mountain valley shall reach to Azar. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake. There is history on that earthquake stuff. That's not for today. Yeah, that's good. In the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, hallelujah, as you flee, okay, now this is a continuation of that statement. It says, as you flee to that 
during that in the days of Isaiah, when you read the history of the Israelites, there was some earthquake during the reign of this king. So he said they will flee. They will flee to Jordan. I mean, that is what the most intelligent says. He says, Thus the Lord my God will come and all his saints with him. Hallelujah. Amen. In, in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, he says, The Lord will come with a shout of a, an archangel and we will meet him in the air. But here it says that he will come. And please don't be confused because over there he said we'll meet Christ and here he says we'll meet uh, uh, the Lord God. Who is Christ Jesus? He's God. Praise God. It says God will come and all his saints with him. Praise God. So you see, maybe this is a secret that belongs to God. Because from both angles there are Scriptures that you can stand on and say, well, this is, is, but like we said, the secret belongs to God. The only thing is that we must be prepared. And the last scripture that I would say, or we will not read it, but Jesus said, we must occupy till it comes. And I look at the word occupy, the meaning, one of the meanings that relate to that statement says, to feel or perform the functions of an office or position. We have a responsibility. Bible says somewhere that as he is, so are we. That's why I say sometimes when I look at all the promises, I ask myself my attitude. Lord, help thou my unbelief. Church, we live in a very interesting times. The most important thing is that we get ourselves always prepared. But like I said, the message to you is that Jesus said when you go through he is with you. Hallelujah. Be faithful to the very end. And you haven't got what it takes to sit back and be crying. To make yourself a victim of circumstances. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the Father and His Son making His abode in you. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus. We have so much to offer, brethren, in this world. That is why the enemy is so scared about your movements, your plans, and he tries to frustrate you every day. But Bible says, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you praise and glory. We thank you that you are the God whose yea is yea and nay is nay. Lord, our prayer, O oh God, is that we will yield totally to walk and to do everything that you have commanded us, everything that you created us for, everything, O oh Lord, my God, that you planned for us before the time began, Lord. We pray, O oh God, that day in and day out, we shall continue to grow and radiate your love to the world. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. God richly bless you.